Come here, microphone. That's that's way too close. We are that is way too close. We are intimate. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I don't right know. Now? I'm drunk. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dog. <laughs> this is what rum does to me, <laughs> dog. Well, hello, and welcome. What comes next? <laughs> the name of line. our podcast. Line. Give me the line. It's the name of our podcast, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. That's our name? Okay. Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone, the podcast where we discuss... Nope. Fuck! What is it? Where we watch... Where myself... Oh, fuck! <sighs> where... Wait, what? Where myself... Wait, what? Like, the podcast where myself, Max Lyon, and my buddy, Renee Sanchez watch rom-coms, and then immediately talk into microphones and record ourselves, or immediately record our opinions, whatever you want to say there, for your listening pleasure. Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone, the podcast where myself, Max Lyon, and my buddy, Renee Sanchez. What it do, though? Watch rom-coms, and then immediately discuss them through a microphone for your listening pleasure. Well done. Well done. Was that good? Was that good? Okay. Did I get the the Valentine's Day vibe going? Yeah. Okay. A little little sultry. It's it's the Valentine's Day special for all the tens and tens of listeners, so we decided to switch things up, you know, just like you would spice things up in a bedroom on Valentine's Day, you know? Decided to break out the uh, the deep voice. Yeah, and we're we're going to keep all the failed takes as well. So no, we're not. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay, well then in that case, Renee is always recording that from here on out because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no way I'm doing that again. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Okay, well, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We are coming up on Valentine's Day this week. This is being released on Monday the 10th. Valentine's Day is on Friday the 14th, and it's on a Friday, so none of y'all have an excuse for not doing something. Yeah. If you're you're taken. If you're taken. If you're you're spoken for. Yeah. If you're single like me, you can just chill out and do nothing like a G, which is my plan. And like me. But um, yes, they could change. We Who still knows? got a week. We still got Who a knows? week. Yeah, yeah, we still got a week. This time. So, since we are a podcast about rom coms, yes, this is the ultimate time of year to discuss romance. Yes, indeed. I mean, there's so many of the films that we've reviewed so far that have come out around this time of year. Mm-hmm. So, this is the ultimate time for rom coms and. You know, 
we decided to review a movie that holds the name of the biggest love holiday of the year, Valentine's Day. I know. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing indeed. I know you didn't see it coming, guys, but yeah, we reviewed Valentine's Day. Or we watched it tonight. About to go into it. Not to be confused with the holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which well, every time I looked for tasty tidbits, Google was like, yo, you mean the holiday. <laughs> like, no, I mean the movie. Valentine's Day. And then I even typed in like the date of the movie and it was like Valentine's Day 2010. This and this happened on that day. I'm like, no, I, no. Wait, really? This happened? Okay. That's not what I was looking for, though. <laughs> well, uh, when it comes to this movie, Max, do you have a first memory of it or um, anything like that? You know, I, I. Again, I kept trying to figure out while we were watching it if I, I mean, I, I know I do obviously, cause I've seen it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I couldn't think of like a conscious memory. Honestly, the first, first few episodes were like the more potent ones. Yeah. Those movies were like, you know, the ones right off the top of my head that I have really potent memories with from here on out. It's going to be sporadic. Fair. Um, this one, I feel like I saw with someone I was dating in college. Yeah, because it did come out February of 2010, so the, it would have been senior year, right after my birthday. Did it actually come out for Valentine's Day? That that weekend, yeah. It was February 12th, I believe. Well, oh my god i do have a memory then wow way to like just summon that memory out out of my brain yeah Yeah, that was this is why we're friends yes so uh yeah actually so senior year senior year of college uh on new year's eve i went to a wedding uh, it was one of my buddy's weddings. One, one of my buddies got married. It was not one of his many weddings. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he got married on New Year's Eve. And um, I, in true senioritis fashion, decided it was in good taste to hit on a bridesmaid. Of course. So I did. Standard. And she was great. We had a great time. Uh, we connected. It was fun. Uh, we ended up, you know, spending great New Year's together. <laughs> we'll say that. Um, and uh, I know, I know the story already. We can, we can leave it there. Yep. And then, uh, and then we dated for a good month and a half. And I think right around Valentine's, we went and saw this movie. And then I think, like, I want to say, <laughs> not my proudest moment, but I want to say, like, two weeks later, I, I kind of wrapped things up on that relationship. It was not my best decision. 
Yeah, it was true to my heart. Whatever. It is a good decision. I mean, yeah. You, you got to be true to your heart. That was a decade ago. It was yeah. a decade ago. Yeah. The, I mean, come on. A lot has changed in the decade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. For me, it's simple. I mean, I didn't watch it when it was out in theaters, um, but I remember the posters in movie theaters. I just remember seeing the poster and the just, heart with all yeah, the people. The heart and the, well, it wasn't necessarily a heart, though. It was like. Like, there were posters that had the heart with them in it. Then there's, like, the other ones, like, on the cover of this where it just kind of their pictures kind of sporadic. But, like, just remember seeing all the pictures of all the people and just being, like, are they trying to, like, remake Love Actually? That's exactly what it is. And that's exactly what it is. It's basically the American It's the American version. Yeah, much much like a lot of, a, a lot of, you know, late two thousands and fucking even go to the nineties. You can go, you can go anywhere. America, when something works in Britain, America is always like, we could do that again. <laughs> you know, we can do that again and do it better. A few years later, that's, that's always the ego. No, that's the that's the egotistical thought. That's not necessarily the product. You know, the thought is. Oh, it's British though. Americans don't get it. Let's just make it more American. They'll get it. That's that's also true. Yeah, yeah it, that's it's very not true. necessarily better. It's we'll just make it more more for our sensibilities. Like there's a tremendous difference, you know. I mean, it works sometimes. Look at The Office. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then it doesn't work sometimes. Look at the show Coupling, which I mentioned last week, uh, briefly. Um, mm. but, I mean, yeah. So. Uh, although coupling was kind of a playoff of fre- like a raunchier version of Friends that was British, and then they tried to make it American and it lasted six episodes on NBC. Seriously? Yeah. Oh. I well, hit me with some stats. Yeah. But anyway, Valentine's Day uh, is a 2010 American romantic comedy film directed by Gary Marshall. Gary. Gary Marshall is a famous director. Who also directed? Uh, we are Marshall. <laughs> also, we are Marshall. He, bum, bum, he also bum, 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 bum. Uh, created Happy Days. Um, Wait, like the show? Like happy actual days. happy? Like yeah. Happy Days? Like yes. Like Fonzie? Yeah. Really? Sunday Monday Happy Days? Yeah. Really? He, he created that show. No shit. Okay. Um, and it's various spinoffs. Um, he developed. Wait, there were spinoffs <laughs> from Happy Days? Yeah, I love Chachi. Oh. And like yeah, and Morgan Mindy. Morgan Mindy was a spin-off from Happy Days? Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh my god. Um and then, uh, he <laughs> Where also, have I been? I don't know. Uh he also developed the Neil Simon's nineteen sixty five play The Odd Couple for television. I did know that. So he helped develop that. Finally, and, we got to something I do yeah. know. And then he's directed Pretty Women. Uh, Pretty Woman, excuse me. Beaches, Runaway Bride, Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, Mother's Day, <laughs> The Princess Diaries, and The Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement. So, Jesus. Quite the prolific uh, yeah, director there. And his alma mater, mm-hmm. Northwestern University. Ah! Which is why you saw a this Northwestern is why sweater. Why I saw a Northwestern sweater? Because you just. Throwing a sly shout out to his his alma mater there. So he went to school in Chicago. Well, technically. Well, yeah. Yeah, Evanston is really Chicago. He went to Northwestern? Yes, he did. I'd be interested to know for what. 
I'm not sure. I'm guessing, like, obviously something in the film industry, but... Uh, but uh, screenplay was by Catherine Fugate. Uh, the story was by Catherine Fugate, Abby Cohn, and Mark Silverstein. And the film stars... Here we go. Jessica Alba, Kathy Bates, Jessica Biel, Bradley Cooper, Eric Dane, Patrick Dempsey, Hector Elizondo, uh, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Garner, Topher Grace, Anne Hathaway, Ashton Kutcher, Queen Latifah, Taylor Lautner, George Lopez, Shirley MacLaine, Emma Roberts, Julia Roberts, and Taylor Swift. It is an all in alphabetical order. Can we go through those and take a shot for every famous actor and actress that we've ever heard of? I don't want to die. Okay. All right. Uh, Fair enough. And uh, it was produced by New Line Cinema, which... Uh, Let's get to the good, the to the good stuff. Give, give, me, give me some juicy stats. Released February the, 20, uh, 12th of 2010. Uh, what do we got for a, for a budget? Running time. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Uh, two hours... Ten minutes. Close. Uh, two hours and four minutes. 124 minutes there. It was pretty long. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then the budget for the film was $52 million. That I did know. That's all. I mean, that with all those people that you got in it, makes sense. Yep. How much did it make at the box office? $112 million. $216.5 wow. million. So you want to know why they made a New Year's Eve and a Mother's Day? Yeah. Because this movie made a shit ton of fucking money in the box office. And you know, all I read while researching stuff for Tasty Tidbits was all of these opinion articles absolutely shitting on the movie. Yeah. Absolutely shitting on it. Yep. And then all I kept seeing was that it I, I never saw the actual figure for how much it made. Yeah. But all I kept hearing in all these articles was also that it made a bunch of money at the box office. The film debuted with a $52.4 million opening weekend. Jesus. Which is their fucking budget. They made their budget back in the, in opening, the opening weekend. weekend. So you can shit on this movie all you want, but from an actual like economical standpoint... They did it right. Yes. From a moviegoer standpoint, yeah, we can sit here we'll as talk about it. <laughs> petty peasants all day long and bitch about it as much as we want. But the fact remains that it's still an industry and it still is out to make profit, and they did that. Much like we talked about with The Wedding Date, where it had an 11% Rotten Tomato score. This had an 18% Rotten Tomato score. But wow. it made four times its budget, yep. and its budget was over $50 million, So They also didn't spend, what was it, $150 million on gems or whatever it was? <laughs> oh, no, that was, uh, that was um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah, that was 15 of its 50. Yeah, on, Jesus. On the, that still blows my mind. But Yeah, that one. Frost yourself. Frost uh, yourself. Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Wow. So, Okay. Max. Yes. I see a sheet of paper over there. Damn right. That is typed in, I would say, what, 10-point font? Or is it 12-point? Um, I think it's 11. So 11-point font. It is one sheet of paper that has writing on both sides of it. Damn right. I got some, I got some tasty tidbits. 
You have a shit ton of tasty tidbits. Tasty tidbits. So I'm going to go ahead and cede the floor to you, sir. Have at it. So let me just preface really quick because Max is famous for prefaces. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know or are not in my inner circle. <laughs> Speaking in third person and telling us what you're famous about. Yeah, of course. This podcast has gotten to your head, man. No, it hasn't. If anything, it's hum- famous for- after that damn date, man. It's if anything, it's humbled me. <laughs> That's very true. I'm skittish about telling anyone. <laughs> um, let me just preface by saying, because Valentine's Day is coming up, because it's a rom com podcast, I personally, I haven't discussed this with Renee completely yet, but I personally am ready for this to be. This is gonna be this is gonna be a good one. This is gonna be a long one, potentially. Quite possibly. We're gonna we're gonna have some we're gonna have some stuff to talk about. Honestly, like, this one's it, gonna be loaded. This one's not gonna be as long as I don't I I my the, we don't have a plan because we, we never don't. have a plan. No, of course not. So we have a basic what, format. I mean, but we don't have a plan. You can tell from the varying lengths of podcast episodes that you've seen from us. We don't necessarily have a plan. We just have like a very general outline of what yeah. we want to hit. So, I mean, you saw like, you know, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was our shortest one. And then followed by, I think, our longest one in the mm-hmm. wedding date. Even I think it was, wedding, yeah. And even though the wedding date is a half hour shorter than How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days yep. or something like that. Yep. So, you know, it... it it depends on what we have to talk about. It does. This I only saw this movie for the second time today. So I think this I don't is, know. Yeah, how this much, was either my second or third. Quite yeah. frankly, I don't know how much I have to talk about with the actual movie. So if exactly. I, my prediction is it's not going to be as long. Well, I agree on the movie side of things. I just know that because it's Valentine's Day themed and because True. there's romance in the air and it's True. that kind of thing, there might be other yeah it, it might be a lengthy one yeah, yeah it's gonna be lots of tangents it's gonna be mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be us jabbering like that's that's the beauty of it you're damn right and i'm just making sure that people are aware and they are prepared yeah i hope you listen to this all you single people who listen to the podcast all single people <laughs> god god damn it wow and that's why i'm single just ruined the just ruined the mood i'm sorry all right get to you tidbits okay sir. So pour yourself a glass of wine, or in my case, rum tonight. <laughs> um, As you heard of the cold open. Is that really going to be the cold open? It's got to be the cold open. Oh, my God. Okay. And uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, do, let's do this. All right. So tasty bits. So it was shot over a period of 53 days. I'm starting you with a riveting one. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, people that auditioned for Morley Clarkson, who is the uh, Jessica Alba character. Yep. Um, yeah, Morley, what is that? I don't know. Is that a real name? I Have mean, you ever heard of a Morley? I, I don't. I've, I've never met a Morley. Have yeah, you? Yeah, neither have I. Okay. So uh, Rachel McAdams and Elizabeth Banks. There were literal auditions for that part. What do you mean? That you said people keep, who auditioned for it. Yeah, I said I said audition. I meant were can like actually considered for it. Yeah, I for like I just can't imagine that they had. 
I mean, I the, guess you can't you can't understand why they actually had real auditions for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, you're gonna act for like fucking ten minutes of screen time. I'll get there. I got some tidbits for that. So, um, Captain Kate Hazeltine. I don't know any of these characters' names. They're in it for so short a time. That's Julia that, Roberts' character. That's Julia Roberts' character. So, Captain Kate Hazeltine. <laughs> Say the character name, and then I'll see if I can guess who it is. Okay. Uh, people that were considered for her. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Sandra Bullock. Okay, I can see Sandra Bullock doing it. And Jodie Foster. Julie, uh, I don't think Jodie Foster... Jodie Foster is not rom com yeah. for that. Uh, they actually all turned it down. They were offered it. Wow. Yeah. And then Gary called Julia Roberts like, Hey, Julia! Yep. I need your help. I've, I've, I've directed you twice. I need you to come by and just act in this here. <laughs> See, it's going to take three days, Tops. I swear. So that actually, that's a great segue into my next, that's my next tidbit. So this was news to me. I'm, I'm sure you, you know this, but mm-hmm. for the people that don't know this, so the way they were actually able to afford a movie like this, the strategy behind it is, is attaining a big cast. Mm-hmm. It's called boarding. Like boarding a plane. Yeah. I don't know why. But Neither do I. But it's a Hollywood strategy where uh, a huge star works on a movie for just a few days and all the scenes are blocked out for that actor to make it for a a more expedited filming. Yeah. And then they just kind of, you know, they leave it to the editing to kind of uh, splice it all. Yeah. and, And put it all together. So the other upside to that is that they're able to get all these big name actors get them for a much cheaper price than they would normally need to get yeah. them for, for a yep. whole movie. Yep. The actors are able to keep their, their price tag. They're not losing face from it. They're able to slap their name on a big time movie. That's pretty much guaranteed to be a hit simply because you have all these big names in it at a time. Yeah. At a time. Yeah. And it's, it's just a mail in performance to have their name attached to a, a what they think is a surefire hit. Um, they keep their pricey quote and they get a nice chunk of change for a few days of work. Yeah. Um, so an example, as you already pointed out is Julia Roberts. She actually did work for three days. That's, that's about right. She was the first one to be signed on. Wow. And you guessed exactly why. Because he had worked with her. Because huh. Gary Marshall had worked with her on Pretty Woman. So once he and signed... And Runaway Brad. Huh? And Runaway Brad. Yeah. And once he signed her on, the rest just kind of fell into place. All the others started signing on, and the rest was history. Yeah. So to put a figure to it, Julia Roberts was paid $11,952. Almost $12,000 for each word. <laughs> I was about to say, that got her for cheap if she's working. And then he said word. I'm like, oh, okay. For right. each okay. word. Yeah, that's, that's totally right. 
So she got paid 7.5 mil? 251 words, $3 million paycheck. Okay. So that was, uh, yeah, I was just guessing. Uh, that, that's about right. A million a day. She was one of the smaller parts. Yeah, a million a day. Oh, my God. $11,000 per word. Imagine walking into a room and just saying, fuck you, $22,000. That's the dream right there. Fuck you. 23, excuse you. Sorry. Yeah. How dare I? (laughs) Jesus. Just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so there's that. That's boarding. That's apparently a real Hollywood strategy. I mean, the the Avengers are the most recent example of doing that. You know, I drew that same conclusion when I was reading this. And then I started looking up some of their salaries. Not the case. They were actually legitimately hired on as big-time actors that were paid huge salaries each. Well, I mean, like, it was boarding in a different way because they... They boarded them for their own movies, so that they could right. then bring. Yeah, they in. had they had longer contracts yeah, so involved, could, so they could afford to pay them more because not only are they going to make you know a pretty much guaranteed quarter of a billion dollars in box office like from their own movie, then the Avengers movie itself is going to make close to a billion from there. Right. So you could basically say, okay, so we'll give you a cut like of this you know, billion and a quarter or 1.25 billion that you've, we've got from your character name. So here's, you know, 20 million. Right. I mean, when you have someone like Tony Stark leading the way. Yeah. It's a great franchise. Yeah. Good old Iron Man. I'm just happy for people like Anthony Mackie. Who's Anthony Mackie? He, uh, he's... Night? No. He was the one in Winter Soldier. Uh, uh, he's the Captain America. He's the black dude in Captain America. Oh. Um, uh, I want to say Nighthawk. But no, you're right. close, though. Um, Falcon? Something like that. Something Falcon? Yeah. I hate that character. I mean, but even then. He fucks up. Uh, fucking uh, Iron I don't Iron Patriot. I don't know. The, I don't. I've never, I haven't seen any of the fucking movies. Oh, I haven't God. seen any That's of. It's the them. whole reason Don Chadle's character gets fucking paralyzed. Man, fuck that little I shit. I don't know. And then Captain America gives him the I shield mean, at the end of Don Avengers. Chadle, God, fuck Don Chadle. Don Chadle should should be thinking that Terrence Howard being a crazy ass because Terrence Howard was the original. Yeah, Terrence Howard had a fuck chance. <laughs> but that's because he's nuts. He is nuts. Uh, and Don Cheadle is so much a better casting job. That's very true. Oh Don my Cheadle God. probably should have been cast in the first place. Oh, my God. Nonetheless. Him and Robert Downey Jr. have such a better chemistry <laughs> as best friends in that franchise than Terrence Howard did. Nonetheless, Anthony Mackie is like, he's in other movies, he's just always been known as like a good actor. Like, he was pretty good in like Half Nelson. He's been in other movies. Like, he was good in We Are Marshall. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he was... He was like just so he got his payday from just that part. Like I was, I'm more happy for like actors like that. And I do, I I will say as much as I fucking hate his character in those because I I mean you know me I I am a huge sucker for the Marvel movies. I know. Um, 
I I will say I do love their bromance, Captain America and and what is his character's name? Falcon. I think it's just Falcon. I want to say it's they all have like two names. So I want to say like, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, all of them have two names. Falcon doesn't sound right. It's something else. That's how much I hate him is I don't I don't remember his name. But I do love their bromance. I will say that. So. Well, that was our review I mean, of the Avengers movies. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the podcast about bromance, and this is Valentine's Day. So, <laughs> it is only fair that we review some bromance, too. Um, because it is our bromance that started this podcast. Darn right. All right, moving on. Tasty tidbits. So, during the credits. It's just Falcon. It is just Falcon? Yeah, it's Sam Wilson slash Falcon. You're looking it up? Yes. That's so boring. What a... Uh, fuck you. Fucking Falcon. Fucking bitch. Sorry. No offense against the actor at all. Oh, well, duh. But fuck that but. character. Anyway. <laughs> moving, moving on. I mean, you have so many tidbits to go. I know, I know. Hang on. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. All right, so so during the end credits, uh, we already we we discussed this at the very end of the movie. Um, the chauffeur is talking to uh, Julia Roberts' character, uh, and they are passing Rodeo Drive, and he asks if she's ever shopped there. And, and that's the outtake, and it's a reference to yep. Pretty Woman, which is a movie that Gary Marshall directed. Her yep. In. And what does he? What does she say? She says, "Big mistake, huge," because that's the line she says to the store owner, store lady, who was a bitch to her earlier when she first tried to shop in there. Boom. Exactly. Which we and will have to review at one point. Who else was in that point. fucking movie? Hector Elizondo. Who plays? Uh, Edgar in this movie. And I don't know his name in Pretty Woman. What does he play in that? I don't remember him in Pretty Woman. Yeah, he was the one who helped her shop, and then oh, okay, like gets her in, and then and then that's what she wants to. Stop Do you know what Moore Park spells backwards? Crap room. <laughs> don't say that in school. Yep. Um, the hotel where Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway's characters have dinner. Mm-hmm. Is actually the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, which is the same hotel that. featured in Pretty Woman. Hey, there it is. More on Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. <laughs> well, not Pretty Woman this time, but uh, Captain Kate Hazeltine. This is this is a weird little piece of trivia that I didn't know, just because I've never really known anything about uh, U.S. military or or serving. Mm-hmm. Um. The patch, she's wearing a patch on her arm Mm -hmm. uh, of the 101st Airborne Unit of the U.S. Army. Um, It's on both shoulders. So apparently that actually means something. So if you wear it on the left shoulder, it means you're presently serving with that unit. Okay. If you wear it on the right shoulder, it means you've served with that unit in combat. And if you wear it on both, it just means that you are both presently serving and you have served with them in the past in combat. Just a weird piece of trivia that I didn't know. Ah. Uh, I didn't know it had that much distinction to uh, patches. I mean, I, I knew about, like, the chevrons. Yeah. And, like, the the um, the rank and everything. Um, 
But I, d I didn't know about the patches. I just thought it was interesting. So um, when they go to the uh, the LAX baggage, baggage claim, they come out, they finally, Bradley Cooper's character and Julia Robb's character finally gets a baggage claim. Yeah. Uh, and he walks out and he's starting to look for uh, his baggage. And all we see is him and a couple chauffeurs in the background with signs. Yeah. The chauffeurs, their signs are reading Ungar and Madison, which is a reference to Felix Ungar and Oscar Madison from, from the, the Odd, Odd Couple. Couple, which is the show that was developed by Gary Marshall from the play, which I mentioned earlier. He was a writer, producer, and director of it. Hey. And last little tidbit for this little portion of the tidbits. <laughs> For this category. Good lord. Okay. Hang on. Stay with me. Gary Marshall actually has a trademark that he incorporates into everything he directs or films. Do you know what it is? What genre? What? Someone, someone wears a Northwestern sweater? That, also, that probably could be one too, but it's a baseball reference. Huh. He makes some sort of reference to baseball. Huh. Every time. And in this movie, unfortunately for everyone in the baseball world... It's the Dodgers. It's the fucking Dodgers. <laughs> for uh, background, Max is a huge San Francisco Giants fan, which ha and they happen to be the arch rivals of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, I wouldn't say we're rivals because, you know, they haven't won a World Series in how many years? And we have, so... Just gonna leave it at that. It's not a rivalry when the rival can't actually play up to your level of competition. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's all I've got. That's the one little jab I'm gonna get in. The rest, like everyone, is welcome to write in and give me so much <laughs> shit for that because I don't stand a chance. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, in it, it appears. In two scenes, in the very beginning, they do a flyover of Dodger Stadium, and then uh, in the newsroom with the kiss between Jessica Biel and Jamie Foxx, uh, there was actually a couple production screens, and one of them actually shows Dodger Stadium, and that was like his conscious little thing that he was going to put in there. Well, there's also, when they're doing the interview at the flower store at the very beginning of the day... And then they're holding up the Dodgers number one. Yeah, I mean, there's Dodgers caps throughout it. Yeah, yeah I know. The, 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 all the stuff I was reading was like, oh, yeah, they do the little production screens in the uh, in the newsroom. And, it's like, and I'm nah, like, I mean, they do a flyover in the very beginning and they um, have Dodgers caps throughout the movie. It's yeah. in L.A. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. So that was it for my... That was it for my... Movie specific tidbits. Okay. Stay with me. What what we got? What do we got? I don't disappoint. Uh okay. I've got some Valentine's oh Day. Oh my god, I fucking knew it. I, I fucking... Come on, man! Come on! I do Let me do it! Let me god do it! Damn it! Go ahead! Go ahead. Can I? Please. Go ahead. Please. Go ahead. You know I love you. <laughs> Go ahead. In a bromantic Valentine's Day fashion. <laughs> Give us the Valentine's Day tasty tidbits. 
Do you want some Valentine's Day tasty bits? Give us the Valentine's Day tasty What do you know about Valentine's Day? Uh, do you know anything about Valentine's Day? I know that in Chicago, <laughs> as, we drink? Uh, as Franklin said, that there was a massacre. <laughs> Actually, that is, that is a good little tidbit. Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, basically, there was Al Capone and his gangsters murdered a bunch of people on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Like stood him up against the wall and fucking used the Tommy gun and just massacred them all. Mm-hmm. And that place, I believe, is still that wall is still like standing and it kind of has a weird haunted feeling. I think you've been there before. Yeah. Um, so it's it's on a street. It's on the north side of Chicago, which yeah. is where Renee and I live. Yeah. Uh, it's it's on a street called Clark Street, which is also eventually leads to Wrigley Field. Yeah. Um, and I was walking past the lot one day, which is, it's all it is now. It's just a big grassy lot. They tore down the building. Yeah. It was a really tiny little like auto shop. Um, basically like a brownstone, like walk up kind of building. Um, and so it's just a big grassy lot now. And I was walking past it and I stopped to look across the street at a group of kids that were exiting from, there's like a, um, I guess like a, an academy or like a, a prep school across the street, which I always thought was kind of weird, yeah. but uh, whatever. Um, and there were a group of kids that were kind of like fighting, not like fist fighting, but like yeah. arguing and yelling and being loud. So I stopped and I was watching them and just people watching. I was like yeah. interested. And I got this horrible feeling all of a sudden. And I was just like, I was super creeped out. And I didn't know why. And I kept walking and I walked all the way home. And I live, like, I've always, I've actually, ever since I've moved to the north side of Chicago, I've actually lived right off of Clark Street pretty much Uh the whole time. Yeah. So I walked, I was walking up to another one of my apartments, not my current one. But I now currently live a block away from Clark Street. Yeah. Um, just to triangulate where, you know, I live. Um, and yeah, it was, I, I didn't even know why I felt fucking creepy because all it is, is it was a, it was just a bright grassy green patch of land next to, uh, like a retirement home. And it was a sunny, clear blue sky summer day. There was nothing creepy about it. I get home I think like a week or two went by and then I I don't even remember how it happened. I think I got into like a Wikipedia rabbit hole one day at work and was randomly looking up St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And I was like, Clark Street. Interesting. I live off of Clark Street. Where on Clark? Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Are you serious? And I like figured out exactly where it was. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. Yeah. The wall itself that they were shot up against. It was seven guys of the Southside Irish gang and the Italian Northside gang was the one that finally took out the leaders of the Irish gang. And uh, the Irish guys were shot up against this wall and uh, it was on Valentine's Day. And the, the bricks of the wall were actually sold to various clients, but a lot of them ended up at like a casino in Vegas. Makes sense. But because knowing the architecture in Chicago, as you do, 
most of the walls like are touching a neighboring building. Mm -hmm. So those bricks and for an old building back then, the bricks were all there was to the wall. were touching the wall that's still standing there. Yeah. So like they weren't shot up against the wall that was still that's still standing there right now. It's not like you can go up with a black light and see all the blood. Yeah. But like it was like six inches away from what's still standing there. Like that's just creepy. And there is a WWE pay per view called Say Valentine's Day Massacre <laughs> for nineteen ninety nine. Oh, geez. all right. Next tidbit. Okay, so yeah, that was. <laughs> Twisted, sick piece of history. So I just want to retract my statement earlier where I said this was going to be a short. Shorter. Yeah, it's not going to be. I knew it was going. To, I, it was not, well. Not, it you, be short. you cheated because you. I knew told how many you there was. You, had. you saw how much tidbits I, I had. I thought you'd go through them a little quicker. I'm, you know, I'm a history buff, man. I love history and shit. <laughs> like this is this is my chance. <laughs> okay, just bear with me. Okay, so it's Valentine's Day. Yes. That's all you know about Valentine's Day? Yes. So why you cut me off, man? I, you need to know some shit. <laughs> that's what you're gonna tasting make a, tidbits you're gonna, are all about. I feed you shit for all these tidbits. You're going you're to make a great husband someday, and you need to know this information about Valentine's Day. The all history right. of Valentine's Day. Okay. Listen up, folks. Yep. I got this. I got you. I got you. Okay, so Valentine's Day. It's actually usually attributed in legend to the ancient Romans. My personal favorite. Yeah. The Romans are the shit. Do you love them? I mean, aside from all their, you know, raping and pillaging and... and <laughs> aside from that, um, their contributions to modern civilization is great. However, uh, that's a legend. That's actually... There's no actual, like, historical proof. In fact, a lot of the historical proof, quote-unquote surrounding valentine's day doesn't exist for something that is actually that really took hold in quote-unquote modern history as as early as like the 1800s we we don't have a lot of real concrete evidence showing where it fucking started like there's all of these legends all of these myths and all of these theories about St. Valentine, about the Romans, about um, Pagan Holiday, about candy hearts, about roses, about everything. And a lot of it is kind of bullshit. Yeah. So, I'm going to hit you with some facts. Fact. St. Valentine was, in fact, a real person. But... It's actually at least three people. It began with Valentinus, who was a Roman. But St. Valentine himself was a Christianized person that was given the title to three different people, including Valentinus, over the period of time when Christianity finally took hold of the holiday and started St. Saintifying? Saint, sainting? Sainting. Sainting people. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, a common theory is that Emperor Claudius II in the 3rd century is the whole reason that St. Valentine exists. That he forbid marriage and that St. Valentine was the one that 
married people in the secrecy of his household because he believed in love, even though Claudius forbid it from his soldiers. That's actually not true. And nobody knows what's actually true, but we do know that that's only legend. It could be true, actually, I guess. Um, so the tidbit you just said could or could not could, be could true. Could or could not be true. Um, cool. We do know that the real Valentinus, the Roman, was actually sentenced to death by Claudius. And um, he actually did, like, get, uh, like, judged in a court. It wasn't just, like, some imperial decree. Uh, that he, according to legend, he restored sight to the blind daughter of the judge. Now that's legend. But what is true is that he wrote a letter, a farewell letter, to the daughter. And he signed it, Your Valentine. Which is mentioned in the movie. Which is mentioned in the movie. Hey! Back to the movie! So, since then, the Feast of St. Valentine was the Christian holiday that was established by Pope Galatius I in 496 AD. So, that fucking long ago. Jesus. That's a while. And it was celebrated on February 14th okay. in honor of the Christian martyr, St. Valentine of Rome, mm -hmm. who died in 269 AD. Wow. For fuck's sake. That's how long it's been going on. Wow. Like this, if this doesn't back up how important the role of love is in like, even in legend, like, come on, come on. Like this is this is this is kind of I don't know for me this is kind of cool. It <laughs> plays a part in history. Like you can, you can go back and read through history and shit. And there's all these amazing things that happen in history. But th then there's something like this that at the well, very I mean, core of it is fucking love. Is something as simple as love. Well, I mean, if you look, it at, creates a fucking legend. If you look at one of the original stories, depending, no matter how what you believe in religion, I mean, one of the most original stories is the story of Jesus dying on the cross, and it's because he, because God so loved everyone on earth that he he gave his only son. Yeah, different kind of love, but love but nonetheless. nonetheless. Exactly. So, I mean, there's all love is always. Uh, Love is love a very is a core value it's of humanity. It's always a motivation for any story. Exactly. All right, so moving on from the historical references. The, first, the day first became associated with romantic love within the circle of Geoffrey Chaucer in the 14th century. Okay. 14th century. So for those of you who don't, are not history buffs, 1300s. It's always the number before. I remember the name from my studies as an English major. I Geoffrey don't remember Chaucer. What he, Remember what he wrote? I probably was assigned to reading or something to read of his, and I didn't, because that's the kind of English major I was. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, in 18th century England, it grew into an occasion in which couples expressed their love for each other by presenting flowers, offering confectionery, and sending greeting cards. Yeah. Known as Valentines. Yeah. That was the 18th century, so 1700s. That's how fucking long it took wow. to get to so that point. Wow, so it isn't just something created by 
the media. Yeah. And, and buy Hallmark so that they could sell more cards. It's fucking England that did it. Yeah. Uh, Valentine's Day symbols that are used today to in- include the heart-shaped outline, doves, and the figure of the winged Cupid, whose bow and arrow is serving a purpose. Apparently, the, the, the arrow is actually supposed to pierce a heart. It's legitimately like he shoots it at your heart. Yeah. To pierce it to make sure that he pierces the protective shields around your heart to yeah. let the emotions in. You know, like so. Re- even fucking back then, they knew the analogy of like, yo, you're guarded Dr- as yeah, fuck. Drop your guard and be yeah. vulnerable and love someone. You know. Like, so just let your because, fucking just guard because, down. You know, Otherwise, Cuba's gonna come fucking shoot your ass. Yeah, just because you know you you aren't quite ready to make plans on a Saturday, for instance, instead of a Sunday. Nope. You gotta, nope. You nope. Gotta We're not going there. Nope. <laughs> God damn it! Hurry up! Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Here's a little here's a little tidbit for you. Stop laughing at my fucking <laughs> dating life. I'm not referencing your dating life. I don't know what you're talking Bullshit. about. Bullshit. Anyway. <sighs> We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. We're almost there, folks. We're almost there. Oh fuck. The colors. Uh-huh. What colors are involved in Valentine's Day? I'm pink and red. Purple. Purple? Sometimes there's purple. And when the fuck have you seen purple? Sometimes there's purple. There's no purple. The outline of the heart in the Valentine's Day poster is purple. I would not quote this movie as a good reference for Valentine's Day, despite well, what it's that called. That is what we're actually reviewing. Not I know. History okay. Of okay. Red, white, and pink. Okay. Red equals lust. Okay. White equals purity. Yeah. Male and female. In case you didn't pick up on that. Yeah. <laughs> and pink equals the merging of the two in perfect unity. Hey. Which is, I thought, was kind of sweet. Nice. All right. A little, little, little bit of factoid here. 55% of Americans celebrate Valentine's Day and spend an estimated $19.6 a year. Yeah. Including more than $1.8 on candy alone. Damn. In 2019, men spent an average of $338 a piece. You best believe next Saturday I'm hitting the fucking Walgreens right next to where I live and getting all the Valentine's candy half off. Treat yourself. Yeah. $338 a piece last year. Women, however, guess how much they spent? Uh... The prob, I'm gonna go with six hundred seventy-five dollars, sixty-four, huh? Sixty-four dollars compared to three hundred and thirty-eight. Well, is that as a on gifts or on themselves? And on Valentine's Day stuff, regardless of what it was, huh? Okay. I, would, I mean, so women, I like I, I either figured. either treat yourself or treat someone else. Like we like, let's equal the shit out. No, I mean. Yeah, I guess. I like flowers. No, I was thinking more. I of like, like candy. Yeah, 
No, I was thinking more of like lingerie. Like I thought lingerie is more expensive. Oh well, yeah, yeah. It but is. then at the same time, like. Also, Americans know. spent six hundred and fifty million total on pets. Wow. Look, I get the pets are amazing. I'm not giving it. Nah. Nah. But $650 million That's a shit. for a Valentine's Day? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, also, uh, the first heart-shaped box of chocolates was introduced in 1861 by none other than Richard Cadbury, as in the Cadbury hey, egg. Yeah. Conversation hearts got their start as medical lozenges. That makes sense. They taste like it. They first began with a Boston pharmacist named Oliver Chase. Who invented the machine that simplified the way that medical lodges were created. They were used for sore throats and other illnesses. And the result was making essentially a candy machine that essentially became the first confectionery company in New England, otherwise known as New England Confectionery Company or NECO. Neko, is it like Neko wafers? Neko wafers. Yeah. Uh, it was his brother that started printing sentimental messages on the Neko sweethearts. Though these candies were a lot bigger than the actual, you know, hearts that we have today. Uh, and they, they contained phrases such as, Married in white, you have chosen right. And how long shall I have to wait? Please be considerate. Now, keep in mind, this was... What, what year was this? This was... 18 I don't know. something. Yeah, 18. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's celebrated differently around the world. Uh, Latin American countries, for example, your homeland. What? Part of your homeland. Uh, they know the holiday as El Dia de los Amoreros. Am, yeah. am, uh, I'm not saying that right. Anamoreros. Yeah. Day of Lovers. Yeah. Or Dia de lo, de lo Amor. Yeah. Day of Love and Friendship. Yeah. Couples exchange flowers and chocolate on this day and holidays. Focus is also directed at showing gratitude to friends. Hey, I like that. I like that too. And in Japan, it's customary for just the women to give confections to the men in their lives. However, a month later, on March 14th, Men repay the favor on White Day, where they give white chocolate and white lingerie and white things, apparently. That's all I've got. I'm sorry. I thought it was interesting. It's Valentine's Day, man. I thought I would hit you up with some knowledge. That's it. I will never try that again. Well, I mean, next Valentine's Day we record the podcast. You'll have already given all those tidbits. So it'll be a much faster it'll, episode. Yeah, it'll be a much quicker episode. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I need a drink. <laughs> well, you go refill your drink. We'll be right back after these lovely, this quick music elevator music. <laughs> And welcome back. Thank you for listening to the music. And now we're going to get into the movie. 
Uh, it's I'm I'm not allowed to talk anymore. That's not true at all. <laughs> I'm 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 curtailing myself. I So, let's start with this. What would you say is your favorite storyline of the movie? Let's let's just mm. let's go with superlatives cuz it's there's a lot of there's a lot in this movie. Honestly, and a lot of it's not great. So, I'd rather go with like superlatives here. Um, where we look. So, what's your favorite storyline to start off with? Um, that's a good question. Uh, well, I always. I don't know why, because I fucking hate cheating, but for some reason, the, the older couple. Edgar and Estelle. Yeah, that just immediately comes to mind, and I I know that's not the favorite. I know there's somewhat there's another couple that I know if I thought about it longer I could think of, but that's the first one that comes to mind. I mean, Edgar in the as a character and as a man is someone to admire. Like I think Edgar's such a cool guy. In this film. Agreed. And Hector Elizondo is a great actor just in general. He's always, like, he's always likable. He's always, like, this, he, he just seems so wise no matter what movie he's in or what he's doing. He just seems like a wise, you know, guy you just want to, you know, listen to and just follow, you know? And, like, he, he, and he's so, you know, just so good to... I mean, we only have this movie to go off, but he's so good to his wife and to his family, and he's so good to everyone involved in his life. He seems like a very wholesome, down-to-earth person. Yeah, and then his wife banged his business partner. but And she says it was a short mm. affair. What exactly is short? It what is doesn't that time matter. Frame? It's still... What is that time frame? Does she mean short as in, like, a couple thrusts and they called it? Or, like, short as in they banged for, like, weeks while he was gone? Like, multiple times. There's a lot... And, like... And then he... And then Edgar drops the line of... You know, why did... You're, you telling the truth has made everything else a lie. Which is a fucking... Like yeah. a line that's too good yeah. for this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a line. Yeah, that, it's a really good line. It's there were, really I, good... I will say this: there were actually a couple decent lines. Yes, in this movie, and that line was way too good for this movie. And that one was definitely one of the best. And then they went with this like big Hollywood like resolution yeah. to it of like like and still... resolution is a is a lucrative term for it. Like that's, uh, yeah, that's not like, a real where, resolution. Like, she's so she's acting like she was in that movie. Yeah. They were showing where like that was actually Shirley McLean on the screen. Right. And like, yeah, but like, she's just, which but I know she's older, but like if she's the actress on the screen and like, then why didn't anyone else who was there watching the film recognize that it was her? I feel like no matter how old you get, you could still be recognized. I don't know. Right. Regardless, I'm talk. I'm going way too deep. In- no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, no. I think you're absolutely right. But like then she just please gives- after but my just, intro to the fucking yeah. episode. But, <laughs> but she gives 
like the whole, you know, like 30s and 40s dialogue apology, like, oh, but when you love someone, you gotta love them no matter what. And then it's a non-apology. Yeah, it really is an, just, an apology she at all. Doesn't, I don't believe she says the words, I'm sorry, or I apologize for what happened. No, she just says she doesn't. She loves him. That when you love someone, you gotta love them warts and all. And all this other bullshit. But despite the fact that I just applauded their dialogue for that one line that Edgar said, she never apologizes for anything. Nope. Fuck that. That's dumb. Yep. 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 Which is why, like, so I get <sighs> what you're saying when if you're talking about just Edgar. Yeah, I think Edgar makes it, yeah. Edgar, but at the same time, the other half is there. Estelle yeah. has to be a part of it. Yeah. And she's the worst. She kind of is, yeah. She held on to a fucking lie for 50 years. Yeah. And just now, her conscience is fucking catching up to her because oh it's God. Valentine's Day and they're about to renew their vows. Ugh. You have a kid, you have a grandchild that you're fucking taking care of. And just now, you're like, oh, by the way, I begged your business partner. Yeah. F O H, fuck out of here with that. <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about infidelity. And I know so. how you feel about cheating. I'm right there with you on this one. It's yeah, fucking horrible. It's, like, it's horrible. It, it's it's exactly like if anything, it reinforces, and maybe that's that's why I gravitate towards it. Why maybe that's why it's the most potent thing off off the bat for me is that this, if anything, reinforces why cheating is not good because there's always one side that is so. Well, maybe not always, but there's usually one side that is so caught off guard by it. And then the other side that is either a piece of shit human being and is just completely okay with what they've done. Yeah. Or in this case, like you see her tearing up as he's like talking about something that's very seemingly innocent. Yeah. With his, what, grandkids babysitter, essentially is what she is. Yeah. Emma Thompson, or not Emma, Emma Roberts, Emma Roberts yep. character. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it, it reinforces that it's like, there's, there's not, there's literally nothing good about it. Nothing. You don't feel good committing the act. You regret it immediately. If you're any sort of soulful person, Anyway, I'm. It's just. It's a rabbit hole. I'm just gonna keep ranting. I, I'm gonna cut myself off. But yeah, I. I think that's just why it's a. It's a potent storyline that comes to mind. What the fuck is yours? What is your? What is the first My one that comes to your mind? Storyline. Uh, God, I came up with this question, and it's tough. I mean, the first. It one is that, tough. There's a lot to the choose. The first from. one that comes to mind for me is just is. Uh, what ends up happening with Jamie Foxx and Jessica Biel, with Kelvin and Kara? Mm, that's that is a good one. That one I like. I like this. That's just that's as good as it gets for like a classic, like you know, meet cute slat, like get together at the end, sort of a, a typical rom com arc. That's about as close as it gets here, because. Because, yeah. like, the main one's supposed to be Asha Kutcher and Jennifer Garner, the friends. It never really pans out. 
What? What happened there? They, they literally have one scene. Yeah. Where they talk about how good of friends they are. Like, she's like, oh, we're still buddies because, you know, when yeah. you need someone to this and that and this and that and the other. And it's like half of the time he's spending with Jessica Alba, who's... Yeah. At, Who's got her own sense of fuckery? Who's gonna leave him without telling him? <laughs> like, like this. It's just, and so then you have like this, and then he, he's like, she's, she's like sunshine, and so oh, that makes it better. That it all makes sense now. Why you're at the fucking airport trying ticket. to tell her? It's just good fucking lord. There's just you have to jump the Grand Canyon to get to get on the level of where they're at. It's like, and how many times have you seen this movie? This is my second time. Okay, I think I've seen this twice, maybe three times yeah. now. And each time I walk away convinced, like you said, that Ashton Kutcher and Jennifer Garner are the main couple of the movie. They're supposed to be. And then I rewatch it every fucking time, and then I go wait, when the fuck does this actually happen? Yeah. And then they have the awkward kiss and I go, oh, that's right. It doesn't actually happen. What? Wait, why the fuck do I think it actually happened? What? Why is there such a buildup? And this is supposed well, no, to be the, the main kiss, couple. Then have, but then they actually have the real kiss. And then he, then they say the line, let's get naked. And then that's the end. So let's they actually have a real kiss. Get which, naked. Which is another good line of dialogue in this film Great that doesn't dialogue. deserve it. You know, but yeah, my favorite, but the favorite storyline and like they put the green screen of the sunset behind Kara and Calvin kissing. Like there's the, like they're awkward. Like they keep playing this like awkward, like build up to the kisses. Yeah. Which is like, uh, it could be in, it's a perfect example of when, when it's done well and when it's not done well. And let's just go ahead and go into the kiss now. Might as well. Like, yeah. Like, is that the kiss? I think. For me, the kiss is Kelvin and Kara in the newsroom with the green screen. His name is Kelvin? Yeah. Like the temperature? Yeah. Like Fahrenheit Celsius Kelvin? Yes. Only a nerd like me would know that. Huh? I know. Okay. Uh, so, like, I think that's <laughs> that's the kiss worthwhile because, like, they have the awkward, you know, like, hand pound, like, Kara can't, like, do anything because she's, like, kind of neurotic. That's the kind of character she's playing so they have the whole you know thing and then finally he just says let me let's just do this instead and then he kisses her and then it's like a legit kiss and like he actually plays the whole uh, i'm you know i don't know i, I hope i wasn't too forward type thing and then mm. she comes back and kisses him and then there's the sunset behind him i thought that was done that was the best kiss of the movie and i give it a solid b and like the whole awkward part with the hand stuff like the handshake thing i thought is endearing with them with asha kutcher and jennifer garner when they do like the first initial peck and like mm-hmm. oh that was awkward well i mean you didn't really bring your a game on that and everything well, you we didn't get enough practice you mm-hmm. literally just pecked for a single second yeah and then pulled away and we're like oh that was awkward yeah like there was no open mouth nothing just literal peck and the like that's the fucking that's a kiss you give. Yeah, what are you expecting? Like what are you, there was no commitment to How it. How old are you that you're expecting the moment you touch faces it's yeah. supposed to be fireworks and candy hearts yeah. and doves and 
whatever the fuck else. Yeah, and th- that's supposed to be the awkward. Then they talk about it some more, and then they give a kiss. It's just like, it's just fucking horrible. It uh, really is. Horrible. And, like, it, there's just... And, I mean, I and I like Reed. I just remembered Ashley Kutcher's name in the movie. Oh, yeah. I like Reed Bennett in the movie. And Julia Fitzpatrick, remembered her name now. Julia Fitzpatrick is okay. I do love Jennifer Garner. <laughs> I know you do. Oh, God, I love her. Her dimples. Oh, my God, they get me every time. She has nice legs, too. I will say that I'm a sucker for nice legs. I personally never got past her jaw. Her jaw is too strong. I can't deal with a strong jaw. You don't like the strong jaw? I can't huh? deal with a strong jaw. All right. <coughs> I like a strong jaw. I like a soft jaw, too. I, I really have no preference in that. Uh, strong jaws. I don't, I don't mind either. Strong jaws are, are deal breakers for me. They're jaw breakers. They're jaw um, breakers. <laughs> but, <laughs> I like it. I like what you did there. Thank you. I got it. Thank you. I got it. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, like, as characters, they're not bad, but just their dynamic together is just so rushed. And there's no chemistry there. There's a good amount of chemistry between Jamie Foxx and Jessica Biel. If you, you, honestly, we could but, we could have a better success of picking apart all the, the relationships that don't have chemistry. Because <laughs> no, there here, aren't any that I, have chemistry. I want to dive into that deeper here in a quick second first what was your kiss of the movie and what was your grade of that kiss uh wait did you give that one a grade i gave it a b remember no i don't yeah i gave jessica beale and jb fox's kiss but then the newsroom a b because i liked the little the awkward build up made sense for them dude i honestly don't i don't know what i would call the kiss um, right, okay. That's why I chose the one in the newsroom. That was we've got the newsroom. Got. We've got Ashton Kutcher and Jennifer Garner on the bridge. We've got um, you can fuck around and do George Lopez and his wife on the swing. <laughs> <laughs> or um, uh, the older couple. Yeah. In the movie theater in the cemetery, which yeah. is so. Weird. Why are you watching a movie in a cemetery? On Valentine's Day. What, what, why? Why? And then they're making the comments like, don't step on the people. First of all, they're not people. They're corpses. Okay, let's get one thing right here. Second of so all... So they lose their identity as people once they're dead? It, it, I mean, kind of. They're not living people. People, to me, are living things. You know, conscious living people. Yeah. When you're when you're passed away, you're it like your consciousness leaves. And it's just I don't. I, I was raised that way to think that like the body is a shell, and that your identity, your consciousness is is an inhabitant of the shell. And your you know the soul. We're yeah we're arguing, we're arguing semantics. Yeah. Just trying to fuck with you. Keep going. Why are you watching it in a cemetery on Valentine's Day? What? What? Anyway, that that was weird to me. It was uh, completely of all, t- of all the tidbits you got, you couldn't find one for that. I couldn't. I actually looked for that one because it made no fucking sense to me, especially in L.A. Of all the outdoor venues you have to choose from in a nice weather climate in February, you choose a fucking cemetery. 
On a romantic hall? Why? You need to explain that if it's going to be in the movie. If something that potent in imagery is going to be in the movie, you need to fucking explain it. There's so, like, they try to do Love Actually in this whole fucking movie, and they try to incorporate way too many weird little fucking segments that made no sense. And I, I, maybe that's just me, but for me, like, I was sitting there, there was a part of me the whole time that was torn between the emotional side and the rational side. The emotional side wanted to love each and every minute of it and love all of the beautiful storylines and the flawed romances and the real-life scenarios and all that bullshit. And then the rational side of me was like, none of this makes any fucking sense. None of this makes any fucking sense. So, quick Google search. Uh, the cemetery is the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Which is where... Yeah, I found lot, that too. Yeah, so it's where a lot of those actors in those older films that they're watching they were laid to rest. So they're watching it amongst the corpses of the actors on the film that they're watching. Yeah, but that wasn't the film they were watching. What are you, what are you they were watching the film with... Uh, what's her name in it? Yeah, but like the actor, probably dead in there. And I, but that seems like a stretch for they, they didn't they didn't actively like like you you have to search for that to find that you're not gonna you're not gonna discover that through the movie they they need to explain that you know like I, I tried I tried searching for why they like actively chose that as the climactic situation for that couple it was just weird. It's a cemetery that does host outdoor movie nights on weekends during the summer months. It's the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Um, it's well, February is not a summer month. Beach chairs, blankets, and picnic baskets to watch movies projected on the side of a funeral home building. Uh, and uh, it's uh, right out behind the Paramount Studios. Huh. Yeah. Okay, well that's that's an interesting little tidbit. Yep. I'll do better research next time. Less on the uh, history of Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was spread thin with my resources this but time. But I know someone died in 269 AD and then was honored in 469 AD. Don't know who. Was that Valentinius? Yes. Cool. There you go. Fantastic. There you go. Anyway, so See? so you don't have a kiss. I would honestly go with like I would my default is the is the kiss on the little bridge between Jennifer Garner and Ash Kutcher. And you agree to give it fucking the- F. <laughs> I the, you know what? I don't mind it. <laughs> now you joined me down in giving a kiss an F. Like I just, gave the love actually kiss an F. Like that, sh- and you gave that should have that yeah. should have fucking been like the kiss of because the movie. it's too attractive people kissing. It's too attractive people kissing on a little bridge over a river. Yeah. They they are discovering they are discovering together in the moment that they actually and like each other. Also- she has a great line leading up to it. Yeah, there was also like a weird. 
I don't know. Their mouths moved weird on it too. It, it was nothing about it, it was good. No. Nothing about it was good. Yeah. The only thing about it that was good was the situation. Yeah. The lead up to it and the situation and the people involved. And then the moment it happened, it was like, this is the worst kiss I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've been personally in some bad kisses and that was still worse to watch. You know, it's also good that he rebounded so quickly from a failed engagement. Yeah. That's the other side of it. The actual circumstance he of it. He lived with his ex-fiance. A literal couple steps away from that door. Who has no fucking problem just being like, I'm not ready. I'm going to take the dog later. Like, no explanation. But then she no, looks like, all sad and she's on the phone. That that's, Get that, the fuck out of here the, with that. Uh, we'll, we'll, get it. we'll get into that. Let's get into it now. Fuck this shit. This movie is full of fucking bullshit no, relationships I, like that. Other, there's a couple other superlatives I wanted to get into before we get into that. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm all riled up now. I know. Who, what would you say, who had the best chemistry in the film? Shit. That's a tough one. It's an easy one for me. I would say the the fucking high school couple that want to have sex. Oh wow! Okay. At least they're Grace fucking. Alex. They're ready to bone down. Like. At least they're they seem happy and like I I I kind of associate with them too because I went through similar stuff with my high school girlfriend and and our first time and like you know it, it that that to me that was like the most realistic storyline of the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Emma Roberts was pretty good in this movie. Yeah. And her boyfriend was okay. Yeah. But Emma Roberts was pretty good. Their their relationship and like, yeah, Emma Roberts like talking to her her employ technical employers and yeah. everything and like And also her relationship with uh uh Edison. Yep. Yeah. Like it made sense. It worked. Yeah. It was real. To yeah. me it, it made sense. George Lopez's character made sense. Honestly, most of the main characters didn't make sense. Didn't seem real. But that's neither here nor there. What is yours? What is your take on this? Easily. Easily. It's Holden and Kate. Mm. Bradley Cooper and Julia Roberts had the best fucking chemistry in this film. Like, I wish... They would have made a rom-com in their primes in the early 2010s, hmm. like, after watching this film. Like, I remember watching this film for the very first time, and I just kept thinking to myself, how are they not getting together? Because you don't realize she's going to see her son, and that he's going that he's actually gay and with Sean mm-hmm. Jackson. Mm-hmm. I knew that now, so I wasn't so invested in it. But the whole time watching it... Like Gary Marshall, that was obviously the first pick, like Julia Roberts. So that storyline was actually given the most, even though they filmed it in three days, that was given the most like attention. It it felt like, and they knew exactly how they were. He knew exactly what his fucking vision was, and was so sure of it. You could see it on the film that they were going to crackle off the fucking screen, that they were going to have this immense chemistry where as a viewer you're just thinking these two have to get together mm-hmm. there's gonna and then the whole you know they say bye they do a little like peck on the cheek and you're like that's it but then he actually helps her with her bag right. gives her the car and then yeah the whole giving, they, the, wait, car he's giving her the car like fucking 
how are they not going to leave together sort of thing and like as as the first watch you're just like how are they not over there together and then you realize oh she's with the son she's going to see her son and he's actually sean jackson's partner mm-hmm. and then you were like oh okay but like the just the whole time the very first time you watch this movie you're just like how are they not boating down right now just like they have so much chemistry in this fucking film. Just like, how are they not going Mile High Club? Like, I just, I don't care who she's going back to see. How are they not just like, just like ending those plans and just catching out through them and then you find out why? Also, but I they know they had the best chemistry. Either. I know we saw Jennifer, or not Jennifer, Julia Roberts uh, in Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, I would say in her prime, right? Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, 2010. Yeah. And she still fucking got it. Like, like I, I don't know acting, what it is. Like acting. Yeah, I I swear time. to God, yeah. it's just it's just her raw confidence and like assuredness. Yeah. I like for me, it's just like I've, I'm still down. I'm still yeah. attracted to her. Yeah, I mean, she just. I don't care how old she is. That, that's a horrible I mean, thing to say. Yeah, I mean. That was I, 20, I don't, 20 I don't, years after Pretty Woman, and she's just still, like, just, you know, in a rom-com setting, completely and utterly bewitching. Yeah. Like, it, it, and then it's just, Brad just Cooper something... just gets to be a movie star beside her. And I, it's just like, God, these two I, movie stars. I will say this. first time I saw this movie was... All I could think of was Bradley Cooper in Wedding Crashers. <laughs> That's fair. So to me, I'm watching this going, you piece of you shit. You motherfucker. <laughs> I, you cheated on Rachel McAdams. You cheated on Rachel McAdams. We'll get who in that movie, oh my God. We'll get into that movie someday. Probably the summer. We'll find, we'll find that is a good summer movie. Yeah. That's a good, a good choice. Because that's good a good choice. wedding yeah. season movie. So summer, It's yeah. wedding season, baby. You sandbag, you sandbag son of a bitch. <laughs> um, Where is she? She's still in the house? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, God. It's such a good movie. We got it. Okay, yeah. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, that was, was kind of... I mean, and I guess what, what I want to find one last superlative. Cause like we went with your favorite storyline and who had the most chemistry talked about the kiss. One just, last just thing. don't, don't even categorize. Just no, no. go with what's, what's on no, the no. top of your brain here. I, the one last thing I wanted to ask is what do you feel like was the greatest missed opportunity? A whole fucking movie. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> the whole fucking movie. You spent over two hours doing this shit. Where did it get you? Where did it get you? Like, it honestly, it wasn't that bad of a movie for all of the shit I'm giving it. It wasn't that bad. It yeah. was entertaining. Yeah. I didn't fall asleep during it. I didn't walk away from it hating my life but like really you have this amazing cast amazing premise well good enough premise (laughs) it's valentine's day it's a lot to work with you know it's like a blank canvas that's just waiting for you to just 
all you gotta do is shit on it and it's a masterpiece and they fucked that up somehow like it, it that's what it felt like to me it was like it was like softballing it in there for them and they still struck out it was like what of all the fucking storylines that you had to choose from and all like even like like we already like i already said with the the ashton kutcher and jennifer garner storyline like that was setting up for something good and there were some good lines in there there was some decent writing i would say there's some decent musical choices there was some definitely bad musical choices mm-hmm. but uh, i don't know i if I had to if I had to narrow it down to a single missed opportunity, I would say the missed opportunity was that you could have chosen not to cast Topher Grace and Anne Hathaway <laughs> at all. Like, just cut that whole fucking storyline yeah. out. <laughs> because it's shit. Oh, my it's God. It's so shit. Uh. Queen Latifah. Keep her the fuck in there. But, like, Anne Hathaway and Tilbert Grant, get that fuck out of I here. Mean, yeah, Queen Latifah's the biggest missed opportunity. Like, she could have been a much bigger opportunity. Was that your dishwasher? I think that was my dishwasher, yeah. yeah. I think Creative was the biggest missed opportunity. Like, you could have given her more in this film. Like, when she... Like, the whole, you know, phone sex operator thing at the end is a nice little gag or whatever the fuck. But just overall, like, her character, like, as that agent is just, like, the strong character that I feel like you could have really given more time to on the screen. Exactly. You know, it, and especially if you gave her, uh, you know, a, a love interest as well. Yeah. Like this powerful agent sort of thing. And then, you know, this powerful agent finds like, it's not necessarily... It, I mean, you're not reinventing the wheel with it, but it's Queen Latifah acting with someone else. Like, you could find... You know, Queen Latifah can act. Like, you could find someone to make that happen, and all of a sudden, boom. Like, you got a little storyline there, and then you could take less screen time. Exactly. Or you take some screen exactly. time away from Anne Hathaway to over Grace's... I mean, Anne Hathaway's... She's acting well in the movie and like she Gary does. Marshall she does. Gary Marshall directed her previously Princess from Bride Princess Diaries or Princess Diaries yeah. yeah but like Topher Grace's character is just <laughs> I mean neither of them are awful it's just yeah. it, it, it's just Topher the whole storyline is just stupid yeah and that's just my opinion but like it, it's it's stupid. Don't you ever shame someone for sex work. I mean, and especially when you're paying work. off a hundred fucking grand of student loans. <laughs> yeah. Bitch, we all got that shit, okay? Me included. 
there's a lot of fucking debt involved in college and in grad school for those of us who actually sought out a real fucking education. Not implying that grad school is a real education because it's not. But any sort of like actual paid education like college or grad school or anything, that's going to be some fucking debt. Okay? And the fact that you're shaming someone trying to fucking pay that off. Fuck you. Little twig ass bitch. <laughs> I've always hated Topher Grace. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, let's just get to my after ever after. We'll just segue straight to Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh. Really quick before that, I do have an amendment, a missed opportunity. Kathy Bates. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. What if Kathy Bates and Queen Latifah had met in the Ooh. film? Because, I mean, Queen Latifah is. Interesting. Is, is homosexual in, in real life. Is she? Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? I believe so, yes. No. Re- I'm rel- seriously? I'm relatively certain, yes. Holy shit, I had no idea. Yeah. I feel like that. All this time. Yeah, that would have been a nice little storyline for Kathy Bates. Damn. Queen Latifah to meet. Like, the Ooh. act. Like. Basically, the head of the news station and the act and the agent of a of a popular athlete mm, meet at the news station, like especially since Kathy Bates' character was the one that was like, "I need you to like do this and this and this." Yeah. Like, I don't care about Valentine's Day. I just need you, yeah, to up the ratings. Or, yeah, I mean, if you take away the publicist aspect of it or something, or like, I don't know. There's a way. There's a way. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. That's not but, bad. Yeah, I like that. That would have been fun. I like that. I like that a lot too. Anyway, there's your there's your first half of that's the first half of after after after. after. Uh, but my other part is, uh, I think Reed fucks it up with Julia and they break up shortly after. No, you don't say. And they lo- like they lose their friendship too because. There's a part where Morley's on the phone walking the dog after she's checked in and she's sad about the fact that she's just checking in with her dog and not with anyone else. I think one of those phone calls is headed to Reed's phone. Bitch. And shortly after, Reed and Julie decide to give this the... How the dare old, you steal the dog? Give this the old college try. Maybe they go out to like a dinner and they're like, you know, it's good, but, like, still kind of, like, they can't get out of their, like, friend groove initially and everything else like that. And all of a sudden, Morley calls. And Morley's just like, I miss you, Reed. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, da-da-da-da-da-da. And then they bang. So, so he pulls a Patrick Dempsey? A, a relapse bang. That's where you high five. That was that was actually the <laughs> character we didn't talk about. Uh, yeah, I know. Patrick Dempsey. I mean, he could juggle. Mix, mix, <laughs> he can fucking juggle. He can juggle. Daddy pl- can juggle. Hey, symbolism uh, <laughs> in your face. <laughs> but uh, McSteamy. Then McDreamy. That's McDreamy. And then McSteamy is Sean, who's the the gay quarterback. McSteamy. Okay, yeah. McSteamy is the other guy. Okay. Um, but then after Morley and Reed bang, Morley wants to go back to how it was, which is pre-engagement 
so she's still not wanting a commitment. She just wants to go back to where it was. Reed's like, no, I can't do that. He admits to Julia that he slept with Morley again. Julia's like, no, oh, I can't. Jesus. Da, 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 da. And so then he loses both of them. And now he's just... And then he ends up with Nikki, the fucking... The work... The lady who calls him the best boss ever when she says goodnight to him. And that's, who, she, that's who he ends up with. Pow! Well, that's what happens after ever after. Damn, way to navigate that it shit. Up. I mean, it gave me ulcers just listening. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking Christ. Okay. So, okay. Max Lyon. Yes. Would you fuck, marry, or kill this film? Ooh, it is. It is teetering. It is teetering <laughs> on the border between fuck and kill. I mean, I, I did, I, I read a lot of shit about it. And the whole time I was reading about it, researching my clearly amazing tidbits mm-hmm. that were so clearly pertinent to this Enthralling. podcast. Enthralling. Fuck you. <laughs> you know there's people out there. The tens and tens of people. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and, and the whole time I was reading all the, all the other articles and all the other things that were shitting all over it, I was thinking, dude, come on, giving it a, giving it a bad rap. It's not that bad. Not that bad. It's still entertaining. And then I watched it with you. And then we talked about it. And the more we talked about it, the more I realized, God damn, this is a frustrating, infuriating shit fucking movie. <laughs> Like, it's so many missed opportunities, just constantly. Like, it's, it, I, I want it to be good. And I think that's why, I, like, I kept reading those things thinking, come on, don't, don't do that. Don't shit all over it. Because, like, I wanted it to be better. I wanted to believe that it was better than it is. It's, it is the absolute bottom of the barrel fuck <laughs> you can't do it i can't kill it all right i i believe that simply because of simply because of where it latched onto in our generation in in 2010 and simply because of the fact that it tries to copy love actually it's got a bunch of actors in it. It's got some decent songs in it. It's got a Taylor Swift character that you can very unapologetically make fun of. I don't... We're not going to mention the Taylors. Um, it, it's worth watching just for that. Like, get drunk, <laughs> gather your friends around, and fucking rip it apart. <laughs> but do watch it. So it is worth watching once. <laughs> I reserve my kills for not watching it all. You know, like Notting Hill somehow. Notting you- Hill for me, I don't know why, but for me, I reserve that. It's not worth watching. I don't know why. I don't, but I stand by it. I still stand by it. That's just me, though. How about you? While I drink my rum to cheer up. I feel like 
if I can't kill this film, I mean, what film is going to be bad enough to kill? Have you killed a film yet? I have not. You have not? I have not. <sighs> okay. And it's just because with rom-coms, and part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast and my love for rom-coms is that I see the good in even in shitty rom-coms. I, I, I know. I that's, see the good in it. That's, like, I see Bradley Cooper and Julia Roberts' chemistry, and it's just like, that's good. I hear... Hector Elizondo say, you know, but telling by telling the truth, you've made our lives a lot or my life a lie. I hear that line and I see Hector Elizondo act the fuck out of this movie, and I want to want it to be good because it has potential. The whole movie has a lot of potential to it. Like Ashton Kutcher's in his most Ashton Kutchery way, but it's somewhat. You know, it's it, lovable. It's, it's lovable, in a weird way. Yeah, you know, he's like a big Saint Bernard, and you're just like, oh, you fucking big <laughs> dumb dog, come here, you dumb motherfucker. Oh my dog. god, that's so accurate. He's, or like, like a golden retriever or something. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Here, go catch that goddamn tennis ball. Oh like, my god. You know, like and Jennifer Garner is still all right, and like there's still Jen- Jamie Foxx and Jessica Biel's chemistry together and like all this other sort of stuff and it's just like this isn't a good movie it's it's not but there's a time it's 1am February 15th which this year will be a Saturday mm-hmm. 1am after February 14th going in you're probably sitting alone at a bar you and I will be long asleep. I'll be asleep. I ain't going to be gone. <laughs> but you're sitting alone at a bar at 1 a.m. Didn't have a Valentine. Didn't have a date. And you'll see someone else drinking alone. And the two of you will decide. Why be lonely tonight? And you'll fuck. And you'll never speak of it or... Think about it again. <laughs> That's what this movie is. <laughs> you fucking, you, it is a lonely, a lonely, oh my god, a lonely single drunk. Oh my god, per, or post Valentine's oh Day. Oh my fuck. god, that is what this is. Oh my god, yeah. So that's it. I still haven't killed a movie because oh there's just there's enough good in it. To make up for all the bad. Uh, most of the bad. Not all of it. Don't yeah. watch this more than once. Don't watch it more than once. Like we did. Because the second time, like I couldn't even draw that much happiness out of Bradley Cooper and Julie Roberts. Like, we can, we can tell... I mean, at least I've made a mental note so far. Very, very, very superfluous mental note that was... When we're watching a movie together that that actually is worth watching, Renee and I don't talk. Yeah. We just watch it. Yeah. We'll say a, a really quick little comment here and there. Yeah. And if we do have a comment to really actually say, we'll pause the movie. Yes. And talk about it. Yeah. Movies like this... We'll we just end up talk. Jokes. We'll crack jokes. Yeah. We'll we'll yell at characters. 
Yeah. Well, like this is a this and is a movie we would watch for like a uh um uh what is it called the uh like an interruption no 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 what's the uh mr science the, the, the paid uh when when listeners pay to to listen to a certain the episode patreon patreon yeah this is this is a movie we would have like a patreon episode where you can listen to us while we're watching it because there's nothing we, we but just a running commentary it's just it. a running commentary because we're not we're barely paying attention because at this point it's barely holding our attention. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I mean, like the only time we paused it was when I was laughing too hard at that joke you made at the, at the canal, which we won't say. Yeah. Listen, um, <laughs> Patreon, <laughs> Patreon, you got to pay for that. <laughs> no, not even. No, not, not even, no. Nope. Um, but nope. Yeah, I mean, we're just cracking jokes of it. And, I mean, yeah, and, like, with when Harry met Sally, there there wasn't... Yeah, when yeah, Harry met watched, Sally, we, we were quiet the whole time. Yeah. And we were enjoying it because yeah. it was... It was... It made you feel things. And I feel yeah. like that's, like, there... Which is fine. Some rom-coms... Some rom-coms make you feel things. I just... Some rom-coms are just entertaining to watch, and some rom-coms I mean, are right smack dab in I the just middle. I think of when Harry Met Sally it was it was a half hour less than this, and you ha- and you didn't have to jump to any conclusions with that. You knew exactly what was happening, and you knew exact and you were shown point A to point B to point C to point D, and all the way down to point Z where the ending was. Yeah, they showed you how to get to each and every point and how exactly it was done. This movie, you have to go from point A to point Z with no directions for Jennifer Garner and Aisha Kutcher, which is the main coupling of the film. I I would still say nine episodes in, I'd still say When Harry Met Sally is the best one we've watched. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. It's just... And, I mean, I love Love, actually. And I love... I, I love a, Yeah, I, I know, agree. And... It's amazing. You know, Hitch isn't too bad. Nope. And, you know, like... Uh, and... Even though I, we mentioned that it's not of good quality, I love the wedding day. But yeah, yeah. easily the best one is when Harry was Sally. Yeah, yeah. For for rom com material, uh, yeah. When well, we start getting into the older films, which I'm gonna force us to start doing here pretty, relatively soon. That's fair. We'll, uh, you know, then we'll start approaching films that I I hold in as high a regard as when Harry was Sally. But okay, now we're down the line. In fact, the next film we're going to watch is going to be your choice. It is your oh, turn yeah. now to choose a film. Uh, before we get to what you choose, though, you can find our podcast on social media, on Instagram, at Bromancing the Stone Podcast. All together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod. So that's B-R-O-T-H-E-S-T-O-N-E pod pod so at bro the stone pod and you can find me on twitter at supermarket sweep without the r in super so s-u-p-e market sweep um or you can find me on instagram uh relusa 88 that's r-e-l-u-s-a-8-8 you can follow me there and you know feel free to send messages to our uh show Instagram and show Twitter. That's it. I'm out. You're not gonna. 
I mean, I wanted to say it while we had that, but like, no. okay. yeah, no, send us fine. messages. You can also send messages to Max at the Lionhearted, which is T H E period L Y O N, like my last name. H E A R T E D. Yeah, and that's on Instagram. Instagram. That's the only social media he has. He doesn't have a Twitter or Facebook, so. And then mm-hmm. by Facebook, I, I don't use it. So yeah. So yeah, don't worry about Facebook. Just yeah, don't worry about, about Instagram. It. Yeah, Twitter. Don't worry. Um, and then as far as next week's episode, what move, movie film have you chosen? Actually, before we get into that, I've been meaning to ask what. And you're welcome to stop me since we're on air, but oh no, you're good. Um. What is the what is the meaning behind your Twitter handle? <laughs> Twitter handle? Yeah, the, without <laughs> the like, what's soup? <laughs> well, uh, let's see. There was because I know Relusa. Like I know what that is. Yeah, that's the first two letters of my first middle and last name. Right. Um, and then yeah, eighty-eight. The year I was born. Um, and then as far as on. Twitter initially I was Renee Sanchez seventy seven, and that's just your lucky number. My lucky number, and then yeah, my first and last name, um, and then uh, a buddy of mine, shout out Chris Fairley, a buddy of mine since high school. He uh, <laughs> he <laughs> jokingly said uh, I should change my Twitter name to Sanchonimus. I, just, okay. just like I don't know why, <laughs> like that's just the kind of sense of humor he and I have. We make up the stupidest jokes. Like there's raps that we made up, like little tiny like joke raps, like, uh, like don't be shacking me because I'd be five foot three. Can't you see it is me in the tree? He he he. Like what? That's a stupid insight. What like, does that even mean? Exactly. Exactly. But it's something that we made up in high school. And whenever we like we message it to each other, we laugh hysterically <laughs> because it's just something we created. So that's just the kind of sense of humor he and I has. So when he suggested I change my Twitter handle to Sanchonimus, I did. So like my Twitter handle was Sanchonimus for a little while. But then that was kind of tough for people to spell because <laughs> it's like S-A-N-C-H-O. And Y M O U S, like all. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my sister Rebecca and I would watch Supermarket Sweep when we were young. So, what is Supermarket Sweep? So it was a syndicated game show where everyone started off with a minute 30, like on their little clocks, and then you'd answer questions about brands of food, like in different, like they'd ask a question like this brand of food, da 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 da. And like there'd be little mini games where you answer questions and you get added time to your initial minute 30 at and then the second half of the game was that you actually went out and you had that much time to go sweet like actual shop and then you had to pick or you just picked as much money as possible and whoever had the most or scanned the most money would then get to do the bonus game at the end which is where you had to answer three clues in a minute find those items and behind the third item was five thousand dollars in cash what the fuck? Okay. It's, Supermarket Sweep was the fucking shit, is basically what it is. So <clears throat> so my sister and I would watch reruns of that um, on, like, the Lifetime channel, like, shit like that. So why is it missing the R? So, well, so then I decided, I, I looked it up and no one would, like, had a Supermarket Sweep account because it's from the early 90s, early to mid-90s. It's like, sure. although they're rebooting it. 
No. They're rebooting no. it, and Leslie Jones no. is going to be the host. Nope. Which is dope as fuck. Stop. No. So, uh, nope. But basically, uh, with Twitter handles, they don't have enough characters for the full supermarket sweep. So I just took. Really? Yeah, there was, it was one letter off. So I didn't know which letter to take off. Why didn't you just I, take out the vowels? I could have taken off the E and sweep, but I didn't. But I felt no, like. No, why didn't, why didn't you just do SPR? SPR. Or SCPR? No, just SPR. Uh, the Spur Market Sweep? Or Super MKT. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could put the R instead of the E, so like it could be S-U-P-R, so that's kind of super. So yeah. Super market Sweep. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Can you change it? Yeah, I can. If I can do that. Because right now it's just like soup. Supermarket sweep. Yeah. Soup. Or sup. Yeah. I like, I know, so I, actually, I kind of like the R. Yeah. S-U-P-R. S-U-P-R, yeah. That makes sense. That actually right, makes so a lot of everyone, sense. everyone, you just heard it here. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first, it's, folks. It's S-U-P-R-M-A-R-K-T-S-W-E-E-P. Supermarket sweep. Anyway, that show's still the fucking shit. Uh... So, All right. What were we on? What were we doing? With the final sign off? Uh, but what were what were we doing? What the, movie? Oh, what movie were we doing? Yeah. Um we are going with What did we do? We did How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was my choice, right? So I'm going to go with numbers again. I'm gonna say ten things <laughs> I hate about you. Ten things I hate about you. All right. So we'll watch that uh, next week. You thought that they filmed the high school scenes at the same high school as that film? I did. You'll find out when you research Tasty Tidbits that you were dead wrong. I was. Uh, and so... Because <laughs> I've seen that movie maybe once. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it. I don't think I've ever seen the whole damn thing. So, yeah, well... So, 10 things I had to write you. We'll go into your reasoning next week for the podcast. Uh, and as to why you chose it and everything else. I look forward to it. Um, and then the week after that... I'll go ahead and let it be known. We're going to do the movie Leap Year since this year is a leap year and we'll have a leap day. So the week leading up to that leap day, which is on Saturday, the 29th of February, uh, we will have a review for leap year on the Monday before. So, uh, And then I'll make a choice for the first movie of March. Um, so that March 2nd episode there. So uh, for now, we will leave you be. Thank you to the tens and tens of listeners. Damn right. We love you. Us. We love you. We thank you for rocking with us. Until next time. Until next time. Adios. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get some water. I thought it would be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck.
That was 40 minutes. God damn it, was it? Like, we're an hour in. I mean, I did preface that it was going to be a long episode. <laughs> We've talked about the movie like for maybe two minutes of the an hour. The movie sucks. Here. Thanks, sir. Something to talk about. Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.